1: Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. National average 12-month savings of $744 by new customers surveyed who saved with Progressive between June 2022 and May 2023. Potential savings will vary. Discounts aren't available in all states and situations.
2: There's no, no mystery at all why it's been such a popular breed, and not only just among uh, rich old ladies, but with with people all around the world uh, of of all different uh, backgrounds and uh, socio-economic uh, uh, circumstances.
1: This is Bud Bacone. He's the managing editor of the American Kennel Club Gazette, which has been published monthly, without a single interruption, since 1889.
2: It's a remarkably cool dog. Uh, no more handsome dog either. They're beautiful animals, very smart, but... Complex, and that's what makes them so companionable. They have a complex character, a kind of a human-like character. And that's what endears them to owners especially, is that very interesting, almost human personality that a good poodle will exhibit.
1: In 1955, a now-defunct tabloid reported that when a girl makes the big time she traditionally acquires three things. Minx, gems, and a poodle. Women were even cutting their own hair short and fluffing it up to look like poodles. Elizabeth Taylor was said to have done this with her hair to look more like her tiny poodle. In
2: 1950 New York City, uh, women were still looking to Paris for fashion, to Europe for literature, for architecture, for any kind of a refined pursuit. So on, uh, you know, in the Upper East Side of New York City, circa 1955, you bet uh, a wealthy old widow with a lot of money was going to be seen with, with, with a poodle.
1: The American Kennel Club is the governing body for the world of purebred dogs, managing the National Registry. They're basically the gatekeepers of what counts as a purebred dog. Do you have a dog?
2: I do not. I have two cats. But you like dogs, I would assume. Yes, but uh, in my uh, eternal effort to remain impartial among our dog fanciers, uh, (laughs) I don't have a dog, so I'm uh, free to um, uh, report on uh, the the fine qualities of any one of our purebred uh, breeds without uh, fear of uh, of being uh, biased towards my own breed.
1: So if I asked you your favorite breed, you wouldn't tell me?
2: I certainly would not. They're all God's children. We love them all equally here.
1: What's interesting is that the lobby of the American Kennel Club on Madison Avenue looks exactly as you might think. The lobby of the American Kennel Club. is a lot of dog paintings and dark wood.
3: Yes, and you may have also caught the uh, skeleton of early Fox Terrier, Belgrave
1: Joe, is just around the corner. (laughs) This is Bryn White. I met her in the library of the American Kennel Club in New York City. She's the archivist for the AKC.
3: So I manage our book and ephemera and photograph and archival collections all in relation to the development, appreciation, and sport of the purebred
1: dog. You're wearing a dog pin. Do you always wear dog pins or dog-themed things when you come to work?
3: I don't. Today is a special occasion. But I, I am um, I'm a terrier person, a terrierist Uh, A terrierist. Yes. That's what what I've been told. Um, I grew up with an obscure breed of dog. I'm a librarian by trade, but uh, I think I got my foot in the door because they thought I could understand because I grew up with a Welsh terrier.
1: I've been thinking about, this is real, a black Russian terrier. Oh, that is a very interesting choice. I like it because they're so big. And in the Wikipedia page... They're pulling a little cart full of stuff. (laughs) So this is the home of the purebred dog. What is the AKC position on mutts? I don't think I should talk about that. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) For much of the 20th century, the beagle topped the American Kennel Club's list of most popular breeds. But then, in the 1950s, things changed, and the poodle started to catch up. This is due in large part to one man, a mysterious Russian count named Alexis Pulaski. His obsession with poodles, and one poodle in particular, a dog he named Pulaski's Masterpiece, not only put the dog on the map, but would lead to a 13-state alarm, and in the end, break Pulaski's heart. I'm Phoebe Judge. This is Criminal. was born in St. Petersburg in 1895 and arrived in New York City in 1926. Little is known about his early life, except he apparently served in the Russian Imperial Army and was adamantly anti-communist and a big supporter of the Tsar.
3: He's circulating in the upper echelons of society. He's using his his title and his accent and his wit to kind of institute himself among um, kind of the uptown crowd of New York City.
1: One of the men he meets is named Gilbert Kahn, a wealthy New York City banker. Gilbert Kahn is a poodle man, while Count Pulaski grew up around Doberman Pinscher's. And Pulaski agrees to babysit Kahn's poodles.
3: He babysits these poodles in 1938,
1: and it's love. Pulaski was so taken with these poodles that he wanted to be around them all the time. He starts a breeding program and then gets Gilbert Kahn and a few other rich New Yorkers to bankroll a new store, Poodles, Inc. What is Poodles Incorporated?
3: It is located on West 52nd Street, a few doors down from the famous 21 Club. And it is a, you would say that is a salon, a boarding house or resort, and a boutique or haberdashery, if you will, uh, and
1: it caters exclusively to Poodles. It's a club for poodles, or it's a club for poodle owners.
3: It's it's a store to p- purchase goods for your poodle, and to get your poodle's haircut, and then to also um, board your poodle while you're going out on your exotic vacations that don't involve the dog. Although they're mostly selling things to facilitate
1: you taking your dog on your exotic vacations. <laughs> poodles Inc. was an immediate success.
3: The sky was kind of the limit. They offered 16 different hairstyles.
1: What, what types of hairstyle?
3: <laughs> um, they had one
1: that was named after May West. The May West was like a bouffant. They offered a flat top called the Tom Collins. If you wanted your dog's leg shaved to look like it was wearing bell bottoms, you could ask for the sailor clip. You could even get your poodle, a mustache. So were they also dyeing the dogs?
3: I'm not sure if they did at Poodles Inc., but that did um, in this kind of craze instigated by Pulaski. They were uh, they did offer rinses
1: for coats of dogs to be dyed pink, blue, green, whatever color you were. So it seems to me that what you're saying is that that. Poodles in the 1950s, they started to become a showpiece. So it was a like part of your outfit that you're wearing. And because you, they were so customizable, you could really have something that looked unique to you because you could pick the color, you could change the haircut. Yes. Pulaski also had a fashion line for Poodles that kept up with what was trendy. He convinced high-end designers to create dog versions of whatever they were selling to department stores.
3: So a year after the store is open, Pulaski has a litter uh, on August 4th, 1946, and there is the largest dog in the litter uh, he takes a special liking to. He observes him over the course of six to eight weeks and decides that this dog is something special and then subsequently names him Pulaski's Masterpiece. Uh, he just saw this innate charm in this dog. He saw a capacity to... Um, to be trained in the dog. Um, he later talks about how he admired Masterpiece's clean habits. He he would lay out a piece of paper when he went to bed at night in case the dog needed to relieve himself while he was asleep. And and he did not do that one night and woke up when Masterpiece had nudged a, a little trading card into the spot. He had just searched for anything he could to... <laughs> to replace the missing piece of paper, um, so so he, he, he views this dog as having very aristocratic tendencies.
1: When Masterpiece was one year old, Count Pulaski showed him at the Westminster Dog Show, the most prestigious show of the year. Masterpiece didn't win, but he did get attention. Pulaski would continue to enter masterpiece in competitions, but it was important to him that dogs were primarily bred to be members of the family. He said, the word pet often is used in a derogatory sense by show breeders, but the poodle should be bred primarily as a pet for temperament, willingness to please, and a radiation of charm.
3: It was originally a hunting and retrieving dog. It was often used in in duck hunts, and that, you know, show dog silhouette idea we all have of the poodle um, was actually a, a born in practical purposes, like uh, trimming the legs made it easier and more quick for them to, to swim. They even say putting ribbons on their tails was a way they kind of followed them uh, through
1: the fields, so... Because a standard poodle, at least, has kind of a wild haircut with, with a lot of hair up front and then none and then a little bit of hair sometimes around the ankle.
3: Yes, that's what we call the lion cut. And it, and it is said to have evolved from how they were cut back in the day when they had a more functional purpose.
1: Would you describe what Masterpiece looked like?
3: Yes, I should say he was a gray toy poodle. He was about nine and a half inches tall and about eight pounds. Really little. Really little. And he was not—he was not cut in that lion cut we associate with show poodles. Uh, Pulaski designed what he called a rigid, masculine cut for Masterpiece that just trimmed him in the midriff. Um, so he. So he had his own silhouette. What what does a rigid masculine cut even mean? <laughs> I really don't know. Um, Pulaski was really into these kind of contradictions in relation to the dog. He liked to joke that he was the most useless looking utility dog in the world, that he looked like Louis Sixteenth, posing for a portrait in his little gray wig, and... Um, That he looked like an aristocrat, but he had the soul of a rowdy stevedore. Um, That's kind of one of the things I love about him is, is, yeah, just these... (laughs) It doesn't even make sense at a certain point. Um, These notions he has about this dog embodying everything at the same time.
1: Very quickly, Masterpiece became a staple of New York society. And Count Pulaski was invited to exclusive cocktail parties... Masterpiece was the guest of honor and would perform his tricks for all these rich socialites. One of his trainers was the former lion tamer at the Bronx Zoo.
3: He's giving Masterpiece special instruction in old circus tricks and tragically dies before Masterpiece learns to walk a tightrope. But Masterpiece does walk on his hind legs. Pulaski's favorite trick is to ask, are you a, are you a communist? Masterpiece, and he shakes his head no. Um, that that I think a lot of his, a lot of his tricks kind of involved him interacting with Pulaski, like it was kind of a two-person show, and 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 expressing himself through grunts and barks and head shakes or however.
1: His fee for modeling was twenty-five dollars an hour, often more than the humans he was posing alongside. He showed up in ads for stockings, beer, furs. He did a spread in vogue. He even had his own bank account. It was reported that Rita Hayworth's third husband, Prince Ali Khan, offered Pulaski $25,000 for Masterpiece, and Count Pulaski turned him down. This led to Masterpiece's reputation as the most valuable dog in the world.
3: There's no system for for measuring this. But I I mean, the system was in that he said that Masterpiece claimed 11. He made $11,000 a year in stud and modeling fees. And by stud fees, we mean um, the right to breed the female dog to Masterpiece.
1: The owners of Masterpiece's offspring include Judy Garland, Eva Perone, Gary Cooper. The list goes on and on. Masterpiece was invited to Paris for Fashion Week. He went to Cuba as a goodwill ambassador. He performed on television, this nine-inch dog jumping over a line of Great Danes. He led a parade of 70 poodles down Fifth Avenue to the department store Milgrams, where he took his seat in the front window on a green velvet throne. All of this to say that Masterpiece was well known
0: apple card issued by goldman sachs bank usa salt lake city branch subject to credit approval terms apply
1: thanks to progressive for their support while you're listening to the show maybe you're also doing something else driving dishes folding laundry i listen when i go on walks if you're not currently driving a car you could also be getting an auto quote from progressive insurance save money right now from your phone Drivers who switch to Progressive save nearly $750 on average. And auto customers qualify for an average of seven discounts. Discounts for having multiple vehicles on your policy, being a homeowner, and more. Progressive will be with you 24-7, 365 days a year, so you're protected no matter what. You can get a quote for your car insurance at Progressive.com to join over the 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company & Affiliates – National average 12-month savings of $744 by new customers surveyed who saved with Progressive between June 2022 and May 2023. Potential savings will vary. Discounts not available in all states and situations.
3: It's around 1.15 in the afternoon in late May at Poodles, Inc. And the usual, the usual crew is there. Uh, Pulaski fields a phone call. And he and his associate go downstairs, and they're gone about 15 minutes.
1: When they returned, they found some customers who were interested in purchasing a dog. Whenever someone came in to buy a new dog, it was Pulaski's habit to show off Masterpiece. They couldn't have Masterpiece, of course, but they could be assured they were getting something close. He called for the dog, but Masterpiece didn't come. Pulaski went downstairs to the basement to look for him. No masterpiece. They searched the store. The dog was gone.
3: The next day, a person comes forward claiming to have seen a dark-haired woman in a red coat leaving the store at around 1.30 p.m. with a little gray dog heeling by her side. And the only reason he even registered this as, you know, not common sight was that the dog did not have a leash. And so it is deemed based on this very deemed credible witness that Masterpiece has been kidnapped or dognapped, if you will.
1: Word of the dog napping reached newspapers all across the country. One article read, An anti-communist poodle dog disappeared today, and its owner said a female may be the cause of it all. Count Pulaski pleaded with the public for Masterpiece's safe return. He offered another poodle in Masterpiece's place. He said, I can't understand who would take the dog. Stealing a dog like that is like stealing the Hope Diamond. Dog groomers all over the city were put on alert to watch for Masterpiece. Thousands of leaflets were spread across New York.
3: They start making appearances on TV shows. They have headlines. They 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 select Masterpiece's grandson Johnny as, as the the kin most closely resembling him, and they start trotting him out on the TV shows. They do an on-the-scene recreation of the dog napping, and they are said to have sent out a 13-state alarm uh,
1: on this dog. One of the theories is that because Masterpiece was so well-trained, he rarely barked. So maybe he just calmly followed the woman in the red coat out of the store. As Pulaski himself had once said, what he loved so much about the poodle was its temperament and willingness to please. What do you think happened to Masterpiece?
3: I mean, Maybe it was premeditated. Maybe this woman saw that big parade of poodles to Milgram and thought there's going to be an opening in here somewhere. Or maybe she just saw the opportunity at the moment. It presented itself. Maybe, I mean, maybe there was no criminal intent originally. Poss- we can allow for the possibility that, that masterpiece just went with
1: her said, I'm getting away from this count. I'm sick of this count.
3: <laughs> I mean, maybe he didn't understand that it was forever, the full ramifications for his action. But, I mean, there's a chance this woman thought that she was rescuing him from this kind of silly egomaniac or in this life as a show pony. Um, maybe it was a vindictive act against Pulaski. Maybe it was a communist. She was wearing a red coat. Um it, it kind of goes
1: on and on, Count Pulaski held out hope that whoever had taken the dog would send a ransom note that there was some possibility of masterpiece coming home.
3: I mean, all these things that he that he cultivated about the dog about the breed and this dog in particular, like, led to this happening. And, and, and the one thing is, as dog napping was starting to happen, poodles are the most kidnapped dog. There had been a high-profile case of, of seven or eight poodles being held for ransom. I mean, even Patricia Highsmith wrote a novel in the early 70s, A Dog's Ransom. That was about the kidnapping of a poodle was like the initiating action. But obviously, Ransom did not factor into this. I mean, there's a chance he was sold on the black market. Ali Khan, in some way, possibly, but and and this was this was a problem before the new problem emerged, which was puppy mills. But this was something that would happen for people who wanted a purebred dog. I mean, the value of the dog is knowing who the dog is and asserting asserting who this dog is. I mean, he was kidnapped at the height of his beauty and manhood according to Plasky but when he was kidnapped, he was considered the most famous off-screen dog, like, like the most famous dog who wasn't on a Hollywood star, who wasn't Rin Tin Tin or Lassie. Um, and if you can't say this is him, then I don't know where the, where the value is. But, I mean, it seems very f- feasible that you just start cutting that dog differently and who's ever going to know its masterpiece? I mean, the dog could just be... S- could have just, like, lived out his days in Staten Island as a domesticated pet. I mean, there's just, I mean, (laughs)
1: there's no telling. (laughs) Masterpiece was never seen or heard from again. Almost a year later, a reporter visited Poodles, Inc. and wrote that the entire shop felt like a memorial to the dog. There were still photos of Masterpiece all over the walls. In one corner, Masterpiece's green velvet throne with canopy sat empty. In 1956, Pulaski closed up shop. He turned his attention towards a poodle encyclopedia. He called it Pulaski on Poodles. He had a hard time finding a publisher, though Winston Churchill, a poodle man himself, did ask to see a finished copy. In his chapter, Poodle's I Have Known, Pulaski writes extensively about Masterpiece. They have a copy at the AKC archives. It sits alongside a big black scrapbook that Pulaski made. He titled it Mr. Poodle Himself. On the front is what might be the first attempt at photoshopping. Pulaski took a picture of himself and then pasted a picture of Masterpiece under his arm. The poodle held its position at the top of the American Kennel Club's list of most popular breeds until 1982, when it was overtaken by the Cocker Spaniel. Today, it's a Labrador Retriever. Count Pulaski died in 1971, at the age of 73. His obituary in the New York Times is short, but does make space for one important fact. In 1953, a silver-grey male poodle named Masterpiece was stolen from the store and never recovered. Criminal is produced by Lauren Spohr, Nadia Wilson, and me. Audio mixed by Johnny Vince Evans. Special thanks to Crystal Duham. Mathilde Erfelino is our intern. Julian Alexander makes original illustrations for each episode of Criminal. You can see them at thisiscriminal.com or on Facebook and Twitter at Criminal Show. Criminal is recorded in the studios of North Carolina Public Radio, WUNC. We're a proud member of Radiotopia from PRX a collection of the best podcasts around. Shows like Mortified. Mortified features adults doing the most embarrassing thing possible, getting up on stage and reading the diaries, love letters, and melodramatic poetry they wrote while they were growing up. This February, Mortified is starting a TV series, The Mortified Guide. It's available on Amazon and Netflix. Here's a preview.
0: When I was a kid, I felt really isolated and alone.
3: My first kiss, he immediately just like stuck his whole tongue down my throat.
0: I didn't know what sex was. When I got my period, my mom threw some maxi pads at me and she was just like, here you go, figure it out. Dear diary. Dear journal.
3: September 13th. July
0: 29th.
3: I've never been attracted to a man in the way that I'm attracted to countless women. Maybe that means something. <laughs> Your Diary, my body is flat, ugly, and (laughs) unpubicized. Thanks, Mom. Thanks, Dad. Thanks, God. (laughs) Writing the diary, I think it did help in a lot of ways. I had to learn to not give up. That I was someone that had a lot to give.
2: I'm sorry. I'm so nervous.
3: (laughs) This is a secret journal, so get out before I bitch slap you.
1: Special thanks to Adzirk for providing their ad-serving platform to Radiotopia. I'm Phoebe Judge. This is Criminal. Radiotopia. From PRX. Thanks to Progressive for their support. Most of you aren't just listening right now. You're driving, cleaning, and even exercising. But what if you could be saving money by switching to Progressive? Drivers who switch to Progressive save nearly $750 on average, and auto customers qualify for an average of seven discounts. Multitask right now. Quote today at Progressive.com. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. National average 12-month savings of $744 by new customers surveyed who saved with Progressive between June 2022 and May 2023. Potential savings will vary. Discounts not available in all states and situations.
3: Hi, I'm Johanna Ferreira, content director of Pop Sugar Juntos. Juntos is all about celebrating Latin A culture, pride, our many intersectional identities, and joy. Thanks to support from Prime, there's so much to get into over at Juntos this month